So good to see you again, man. You people are prettier than I remembered. Hallelujah. Good to see you. You won't believe this, but I didn't, Cindy and I did not go through any culture shock when we got down there after being gone for seven years. Um, the conversations, even the people were so amazed. The conversations took off where we had left them seven years ago. It's like we didn't have to get to know each other again. But I had culture shock in here Wednesday night with these lights and everything. It was like, man, this place is nice. And it's like, man, this is great. It's great to be home. It's great to see you again and bless you. And I, I really want to bless you with a word this morning. I want to thank all the speakers we had while I was gone. They all did such an excellent job, and it was so rich. I've been listening to some of the CDs. Brother Robin, Brother Mike, Brother Benny, hallelujah. Of course, Brother Greg begging for food for Hawaii. I'm going to get him for that. But it's just great to see you this morning. We bless you. Today I want to talk something on my heart that I feel God's dealt with me about where the transition and where we're going and something that's going to encourage you and bless you and enhance your life because that's what church is all about, getting something for our spirits, our souls, our minds, and our bodies about where we live. And I felt to minister today, the title today, about the invasion of servants. And I want to talk to you about the power of that name because that word servants is so powerful. It took Paul five Greek words to explain what he meant by that one word, servant, that we just read it in English. And it's so in-depth of what the Holy Spirit's wanting to say. Of all things, the Word of God says that when Jesus decided to invade this earth, he took on the form of a servant. He could have went through his closet in heaven, let's say, and he could have looked at all the general's jackets, and he could have looked at the king's robes, and he could have looked at so many things to take on the form of, to come to this earth. But what form did he know would change this earth? The form of a servant. There's such power in those words that we're going to see today. And I want to start off with uh, here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. In other words, every one of us, you're going to leave here with an understanding that you are a resourceful, healing carrier for Jesus. Because not that you're resourceful, but you're connected to the resourceful one. Our resources is of God. The anointing is of God to transform lives. And who also hath made us able ministers. Say able ministers. Able ministers, that word minister is the word servant in the Greek of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Now when you study this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and you go to verses 3 and the ones before, there's something very interesting here that I want to share with you. He was talking about the time when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on stone. And he came down and no one was able to obey them and he immediately threw them down. The, the stones that were written with by the finger of God. And God prophesied in Ecclesiastes that I'm going to give my people a new heart, a heart of flesh, because I desire to continue writing upon their hearts with my finger. Can you imagine, as you saw, if you might have saw the Moses, the movie Moses with Charlton Heston, the finger of God as the fire came down and wrote the Ten Commandments upon the stone. God is still desiring to write His will daily upon your heart. The finger of God is desiring to go into your heart and write things that your eye has not yet seen, ear has not yet heard, has entered into the heart of man. God is desiring a heart that he can still write to. He still desires to send his finger down and write into your heart. In other words, what this word means here in the original Greek, it means your heart 
is the Ark of the Covenant. But it's not of the old covenant, it is of the new covenant written by the Spirit of God for us to walk in a new way. Now, this word minister, as I want to share with you today, I'm just going to share these four words with you right quickly because the fifth I want to uh, go on on the rest of the service. But this first Greek word that Paul used to explain the word servant is the word doulos. And it means I'm a legally bound slave, he owns me. This is the attitude of the servant's who do things feeling like they have to do things to please God because he owns me and I just have to, I just have to obey the word. It's an attitude of being underneath a command. And so is that word doulos, which means he's God, I have to do it. That's why Jonah, that's the attitude Jonah had when he was running away from God. I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. But then the second word is the word latric, which means I serve out of devotion. I serve out of love and devotion. In other words, listen to this. You can't pay me enough to do what I do. Paul was speaking about being in a prison. And he says, they were saying, Paul, you're both Greek, you're both Jew and, and Roman. You can get out of prison. It means about being in prison, but yet the doors are open to come and go as you will. He's saying, I'm not in this prison because I have to be here. I'm in this prison because I want to be here because if it takes this to serve Jesus, I'm going to do it. You might have heard about missionaries back in the early years that went to the South Pacific and to become missionaries to work with the slaves. Listen to this. There's a cemetery on one of the Pacific Islands called the Acre of Love, and it's an acre of tombs. And the reason it's called the Acre of Love is because missionaries in those days to reach those slaves had to sell themselves legally to become slaves. They wrote a covenant with the masters, and they said, when our children become of age to go to school, we ask you to let them go back to the mainland to go to school. But we will die as slaves for you. And they became slaves just to minister the gospel to the slaves that lived on that island. How many of you know you have to have a heart for God to sell your freedom? Come on. To sell your freedom, to go into slavery, to win the lost for Jesus. That's that word there that Paul's talking about, that word servant. It's not about a commission. It's about a heartbeat. Now, if you're taking notes, this is interesting. That word, when Paul said, it's his love that constrains me, listen to this. We see this happening in our society today where I'll love you until it gets worse than I'll leave you. I'll love you until I can't handle you no more than I'll leave you. But that word there, latric, in the Greek means to have and to hold till death do us part. It is the marriage, and, and, and I saw here that when you listen to the vows, and this is what I share when I'm going to marry somebody, when you listen to the meaning of these vows, these vows are as binding at adversity as they are in prosperity. When I gave my heart to Jesus, did I give my heart to Jesus to serve him only when things are going the way I think they ought to and I feel great? Or did I sell out to Jesus because I love him and I want him to own my life? It says here, these vows should, not, should be broken only by death. If you have prepared to make such a serious commitment, you must now turn, face one another, and join hands. And this is what it says. I vow to you to have and to hold from this day forward. I pledge before God and these witnesses to place your good above mine, now and always, no matter the circumstances. I promise to honor you to love you, and to cherish you until death do us part. Joyfully and willingly, I commit myself to you and to you 
alone. And we say those commitments when we got married. But how many of you know that is the perfect salvation prayer to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? I promise to serve you whether you heal me or not. I promise to serve you whether you deliver from me from this situation that I'm in or not. Paul didn't tell the Lord, I'll serve you as an apostle until I get beaten again. I'll serve you as an apostle until I get shipwrecked again. No, he says, I'm committed to you. I become one. It means to be compressed together that nothing is going to separate us. It means that we became such servants of Jesus. Listen to this. I'm not worshiping God out of my gift. I'm worshiping God out of my heart. I'm not here to be seen by man. I'm here to be heard by my God. I'm sold out. I am not here that people can see how great I am, how talented I am. God doesn't need your talent. God needs your heart. And the gift that comes from the heart is the gift that moves God and brings the anointing. It's not about a show. It's not about a superstar. It's about Jesus Christ. And this word here is talking about I worship out of my heart. I do not worship because of my gift. I do to you. And that changes every perspective I have about serving God. How many of you, how many of you uh, cried the first time you saw the, the little cartoon, The Drummer Boy? Any, any? Okay, okay, there's a few of us. I admit, I did. When I was a kid and I saw the little drummer boy in black and white, I mean, here's these kings. They gave their gold. They gave their incense. They gave their myrrh. Here they own their candles. They have everything. But when that little drummer boy came on the platform, bubba dum bum I couldn't help it. It touched me more than Charlie Brown did. I'm just telling you the truth. I know you're laughing, you probably think I'm crazy and everything else, but I'm telling you the truth. There was something that touched me as a child when I saw that little drummer boy. He says, I have no offerings to give you. I don't have nothing compares to the kings. I don't have nothing compares to anything from any other nation. But I've got a little drum, and I'm going to play for you my song, and it's going to come from my heart. And that was the greatest gift that Jesus could have received. And when we come to church, that's the greatest gift. It's not the voices. It's not the musicians. It's not anything, but it's that comes from the heart that says, I am bound and compressed to serve you and to love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and all of my mind. And I may not have the greatest gift. I may not have the greatest voice. I may not even have the greatest life. But what I do have, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to rejoice before you. I'm going to dance before you. I'm going to show you that I love you with all of my heart. I promise I'm going to have you and hold you for the rest of my life through whatever comes my way. That's conversion. Brother Russell Mitchell. He could have left his wife, that princess, right there in a nursing home. It's a lot of work for him. But even at his age, he said, I promise to take care of you for the rest of your life. And he brought her home. And you see him here Tuesday night's intercession, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Sometimes they show up and church ain't going on, but they show up and they're dressed up and they're coming to church. And they call me at home on a Monday sometimes that we have in church tonight. I tell you. That's an example that I won't love you until I'll love you forever.
Jesus said that we're to love our wives and to love our husbands as Christ loved the church. What form did Jesus take on? The form of a servant. Amen. Mary was this type of servant. She sat at his feet. She didn't care what the people said. Listen, you know that perfume, perfume that she poured on Jesus' feet? You know that was the most expensive perfume she could have, and it was saved for her wedding night? She says, but wait a minute. I found the man who meets all my needs. And I don't care what Da Vinci said. Jesus and Mary did not get married. And they did not have the Pope as a child. But Mary went crazy over Jesus. And she poured her wedding perfume on his feet. She let down her hair, speaking of intimacy. She wiped his feet with her hair. She says, I have found the man that fills all my voids. I will love you and hold on to you, Jesus, for the rest of my life. That's that word, servant. That's that word Paul was talking about. You can read in Luke 2. We won't go there. Luke 2, 36 and 37. Anna the prophetess. She was only married seven years and her husband died and she became a widow. And the Bible says that she lived in the church for 40, 50 years. And she says she served. And that word served is this word right here, latric. She served with fasting and prayers day and night. This, this is where you see the separation between a servant and a called believer. You don't have to make me serve day and night. I want to serve him day and night. Joshua 1, you will meditate upon his word day and night. Psalms chapter 1 by David, I will meditate upon his precepts day and night. It, I am in love with the one who holds my heart and my soul, and he's the one that I'm going to seek day and night. You have to be that type of person. Not everybody's willing to pay that type of price, but that's the type of person who's willing to. Number three, diaconos. Now, of all things, no matter what you've experienced with deacons, this is where we get our word deacons, but this is interesting. Deacons doesn't mean that you have a big masonry ring. Deacons doesn't mean that you've been in the church for a bunch of years and you tell the pastor what to do. Deacon is not what you think deacon means. The word deacon means God says it this way. This is the word he used with Peter. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then love my lambs as you love me. This word diakonos means I need you to physically manifest the love that you have for me to others. This word diakonos means it's easy for you to love me because I'm your God, I'm your Savior, and I'm good. But I want you to take the person who hurts you, wounds you, and mistreats you the most. And I want you to be able to, as my son did, I want you to manifest my love, my diaconos. I want you to serve me. I want you to serve them as you serve me. That's powerful, church. I want you better love your enemies as I loved you when you were my enemy before you were converted. I want you better manifest my love to them as I manifest my love to you. And this fourth word, real quick, is herpetes. It's two words. It means under rower. And back then, the uh, battleships were two rows, and they had two rows of uh, rowmen, oarsmen. 
And what it meant was that there was a man down there who would beat a drum, not the little drummer boy, but it, he would beat a drum, and they would, they would row to the rhythm of the drum. If they would beat the drum faster, they would row faster. They would beat slower, they would, they would, beat, they would uh, beat slower, row slower. And what this word under oarsmen meant to serve, it meant that they, would row, they were rowing in unity. And up above was the captain and all the victories and all that that would go to the captain. They would all honor the captain. They not necessarily honor the oarsmen, even though the oarsmen were doing the work. But this is what Paul was saying here. Even the fivefold ministry, no matter what you hear, the fivefold ministry are down there with the oarsmen. They're not walking on the top deck. The Bible says to honor those who watch over your soul with double honor and pray for them. And we do need prayer because we're going to be given an account on how we serve the Lord and how we serve the body. But listen, the ministry, the fivefold ministry are called to be oarsmen just like everyone else. To be going to the beat of the one who walks on top, which is Jesus Christ, the captain, the head of the church. And when we're busy sword fighting with our oars, spanking our kids with the oars, stirring our gumbo with the oars. The boat, boat ain't going nowhere. It's in that unity of the spirit that causes the church to advance and go forward. So God is wanting us to be under rowers, to flow in unity. Now I want to share with you the fifth word today. Thereupon. I want you to write this down because this is the word that this church has shifted into a, 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 a moving of the spirit in this word. I want you to see this word thereupon. It's the same word to minister, to serve, but this word means therapy. It means to heal. It means to cure, and it means to treat. Let me give you the definition. That word thereupon means, and you need to write this down, a treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder. A treatment that is intended to heal or to relieve. Somebody shout out relieve. Relieve a disorder. The Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That word recover means a treatment that is done to them so that they will have relief and they will be healed of a disorder. It's where we get our word therapy. It's used in the area of abortion therapy where therapy is used to, to talk someone out of getting abortion. Suicidal therapy where it is therapy used to talk someone out of suicide. There's all kind of different forms of therapy. And I'm not talking about new age therapy. I'm not talking about putting Barry Manilow or Kenny G or somebody who plays a flute. I'm not talking about getting some uh, water music and some spa music and we're going to do therapy now. I'm talking about the word of God. He sent his word and he healed them. And I'm going to show you this through the word today as we walk through this. This word, thereupon, or therapy, is used 43 times in the New Testament. I want you to see here in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing. Somebody shout out healing. 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 There's the word therapy. Therapy, all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. An invasion of therapist. I want to talk to you about this today. I want you to see here in Acts chapter 17, verse 25. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And look at this last part. He satisfies every need. Put your hand upon your heart and just receive right now, according to the word of God. He satisfies my every need. Now just receive that in Jesus' name. 
He doesn't need man's hands. He doesn't need man's gifts. He wants to do it by his spirit in your life right now to take addictions, to take pain, to take hurt. He wants to heal you and bring you through a spiritual therapy that is able to meet and satisfy every need. Somebody say every need. Say it again. Every, every need. You see, he wants to heal his body. He wants his body complete. And so that's this word therapy here. We got to Huhui, and we had to minister to two of our leaders who had nervous breakdowns because of the pressure of different things. One had been brought to the hospital, and the other had uh, go through uh, psychiatric help. They went through a nervous breakdown, and we could tell that they were different. And the whole time we were there, from the very beginning, I was over here, Cindy was over there, and we were having to walk in an area of therapy. We had to walk in this area of servanthood, of bringing therapy to their wounds, their hurts, and even their wounded mind. There are people here today, you've been hurt, and you've been abused, and there are scars in your life that's trying to hold you down. There are people here that are listening to me, maybe by internet, or maybe you are here, you feel like you are about ready to lose your mind. Maybe this week you've lost control in front of someone. Maybe this week you have blew it with the kids or with your mate. Maybe this week you walked off of a job and you just couldn't take it anymore. Maybe something happened this week and you're saying, I don't know how to be fixed. Well, that's what he's talking about. He wants to fix your every need, but you need therapy, and he's got the way to bring you through that. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Now, I want to show you an example here. Luke chapter 8, verse 43. A woman in the crowd suffered for 12 years. There's always a crowd, but God knows who they are. And she had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately, someone deliberately touched me. For I felt, here's our word, therapy, power go out from me. It's the word in the Greek. The word heal is the word therapy. Someone deliberately, somebody really touched me. Somebody didn't go to church because it was 1030 and it's the thing to do. Somebody didn't go to church because it's just a habit and a tradition. Somebody went and touched me, and I felt something, some therapy leave me. And this woman who had spent all that she had, who had gone through depression, rejection, she was called cursed. She was rejected from society. She had spent all she had and never got better but got worse. She touched the author of divine therapy and the therapeutic work of the Lord started going through her soul. And it didn't only heal. He goes on to say, when the woman realized that she, had stay, she could stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell on her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And listen to what he says, daughter. Oh, she needed to hear that. I'm telling you, there's therapy right there. You need to hear him to call you son today. You need him, you need him to call you good today because you've been calling yourself bad and evil 
You've been calling yourself bound, and he wants to call you free. He says, daughter, he said to her, your faith have made you well. Go in peace. The anointed therapy of God didn't only heal her of her wound. The therapy healing of God healed her from all that she went through because of her wound. God cannot only, he does not only forgive you of your sin, he heals you even of the effects from your sin. He doesn't only rescue you from the time of the abuse and the pain of the words so that you wonder if you could ever get married and love again, if you ever wonder if you could ever go forward with your life. He is able to heal you from the very effects of what's caused you to suffer and give up in the first place. He wants you to believe again. He wants to bring you through a divine therapy that you are not stuck in the rut that you've believed and accepted that is your life for the rest of your life, but there is a changing in the spirit that is causing a healing to come on the inside of you to cause you to believe again. Look what it says in Matthew 4.23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, look at these words, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and here's our word, and therapy. All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Somebody shout out therapy. Okay, therapy. How did it come? Through the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. Psalms 107. He sent his word and healed them. I want to show you this next scripture. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 and 36 jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages he taught in their meeting places reported kingdom news how many of you know it's time for kingdom news amen that make a news good news channel and healed their diseased bodies now look at this now and healed their bruised and hurt lives when he looked over the crowds his heart broke so confused and aimless. They were sheep with no shepherd. Am I in the right place? No, I'm ahead of you. Okay, here we are. So there he went through all Galilee and the synagogues. He taught people the truth. God's kingdom was his theme. Then that beginning right now, and we're under God's government, a good government. Look what it says. He also healed people of their diseases. Look at this. And of the bad effects of their bad lives. Come on, church. Don't tell me you're not having any side effects of all the years of drinking, running, pornography, drugs, and loose living. Tell me there are not things that are trying to affect you that Jesus today wants to bring you through therapy to heal you and set you free of those pains and those wounds. He says, I've come to heal you of the bad effects of their bad lives. Word got around the entire Roman province of Syria. People brought anybody... Glory to God, anybody with an ailment, whether mental, emotional, or physical, and Jesus healed them all. That's what God is desiring to do in this church. That's what God has done a shift in this church. We are called, that word will get around, that there are people in this church who have a call and a heart, and their heart has been broken. What breaks God's heart about healing those who have not only had bad effects from their past life, but it's mental, emotional, or physical, and Jesus desires to heal them all. Do you receive that? Amen. Look at Matthew 9, 35. This is all the word servant. Then Jesus went about all the cities, a uh, circuit of all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. 
Then it says here in verse 35, 36, Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased body, healed their bruised and hurt lives. And when he looked over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like a sheep with no shepherd. They needed therapy. And I'm not talking about going to somebody spending $100 an hour. I'm talking about the one who has all the answers for all of the hurts and all of the aches of your life. Look at Luke 6, verse 18. It says, they had come both to hear. Somebody say hear. There's therapy. Hear him and to be cured of their ailments. Those disturbed by evil spirits were healed. The Lord wants to heal people. The Lord wants to deliver people. You don't have to live the rest of your life addicted to pills to even help you get up in the morning or go to bed at night. You don't have to be addicted to things that are driving you crazy. It says in 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health as, as, as your soul prosper. The therapeutic teaching of Jesus Christ. That's that word there, servant. Jesus takes up the course and the causes of the helpless to prove that he is the servant of God. It says here, that evening, a lot of demon-afflicted people were brought to him. And what does it says? He relieved the inwardly tormented. Do you see that word? Would you just close your eyes and just right now, just raise your hand. Father, I pray right now in the authority of the name of Jesus that any type of demonic stronghold and any type of past that is causing anyone here to be inwardly tormented in the seat of their soul or their heart, I command it by the authority of the name of Jesus that it be broken and uprooted now. All the hurts, all the competition, all the pain, all the rejection, all the inward torments, the anger be uprooted now and that your church be set free. In Jesus' name, amen. This week, we were at someone's house, I believe it was Monday, or I forgot, I lost track of time. I got to talk to another pastor that we have that lives way up in the Andes Mountains, and I talked to the brother Raul and his wife, Lena. Lena was the lady I told you about that we had ministered to that had manifested devils, and we cast the devils out of her. And as we were praying for her, she was raped when she was eight years old, and she became a prostitute at 12 to be able to buy milk for her child. She came to our church, and she was manifesting there as, while we were preaching. So we brought her in the back, and we, Cindy and I started ministering to her. And she manifested real strongly, picked up a bucket of oil, threw it against the wall and other things. We got her. We broke the power of the enemy in her. But worse than the work of the demonic forces was the self-hate and self-unforgiveness. She could not forgive herself. She could forgive the man who raped her the first time. She could forgive her daddy for allowing the uncles to go to bed with her at a young age. She could forgive the man who raped her at the local faucet where she would get water. She could forgive the different ones who attacked her and the reason she had to go into prostitution. She could forgive them, but when it came to the end, she had trouble forgiving herself. You cannot go on unless you can learn to forgive yourself. It is not your fault that some of the things you're blaming yourself for is still tormenting you. It's not your fault. Don't let the enemy continue to lie that it is your fault. It's not your fault for that divorce. 
is not your fault for what happened between you and that child. It is not necessarily your fault for everything. You just let the Holy Spirit bring therapy. Let Him speak words of love and mercy and kindness. Go in the presence of the King and allow Him to pour oil upon you and allow the inward torments to be destroyed because of the anointing. There is an anointing that destroys the yokes. There is an anointing that lifts the burdens. And that anointing is in, in supply to better go down and heal you of all the things that's trying to destroy you and keep you down. Amen. He is still the head of the church. He cured their six bodies and tormented spirits because the demons knew and they still know his authority. Can I hear an amen? You see, I heard Brother Jody Wednesday night. He was sharing about him and his wife and daughter. They're going to a parking lot. And they were ministering to people. And he says, as you talk to people, and you don't go preaching Jesus. You don't hit them with the Bible, as he said. He said he would go up and say, how's life? And how many of them put their head down? They said, man, I lost my job. He says, what's going on with your life? And, he, and they would start, some of them even start crying. And then we have others. Somebody else told me they went to a soup kitchen for the Salvation Army. And they were, they were helping uh, give out meals there. And they, this lady, she, taught, she saw a student that she had taught in school. And she was able to minister to him. It's amazing how many people God is calling us. There's an invasion of therapists that's getting ready to hit this area. Because you see... They've had church, they've heard preaching from the pulpit, they've seen the programs, they've received, and they've heard. They got TV, 24-hour TV, and it's not working. They got 24-hour radio, and it's not working. They go from church to church, and it's still not working. Why? Because there has to be a deeper revelation and encounter with the therapy that God, Holy Spirit can bring to you, to your personal individual life and bring you into a session where he, you may have to lay down on your couch and you may have to say, Holy Spirit, I have your word and I have you and I am tired of going back into the same cycle. I need to be totally delivered in my heart and my mind. I'm tired of bearing this inward pain that torments me day and night. I am a child of God. There is no right reason why the enemy has any rights to my mind or to my emotions or to my will there is no reason why i have to live a tormented life when your word says whom the sun sets free is free indeed so holy spirit i come before you and i open my heart and my mind i am not here to convince you how good i am i am here in the place of a need that i need you to take out of my heart and give me a heart of flesh and write with your holy finger the very reason i need to get me through today get me through tomorrow get me through next week and arise out of this tomb like Lazarus and be free from these grave clothes and get out of the ashes, get out of the sorrow, get out of the hurt, get out of the pain. I need the therapy power of the Holy Spirit. And so many times they tell you to therapy is about the person hurting talking and the person listening answering. And that's what God is raising up in this body, Brother Mike. It's people with anointing. Not to preach something down their throat. Not to tell them you're not good or you're this or you're that. It's about listening. You, after today, are all going to be therapists. Quick to hear. Slow to speak. I pray that the crowds and the multitudes, when you go to the store, I pray the compassion of God comes upon us and breaks our heart. I pray that we were moved upon as Jesus was moved to be able to bring healing to the brokenhearted. I pray that the spirit of therapy will come upon us as we've saw in the word today.
Now I want to go forward quickly. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. Listen, if you take your notes, this word here, Moses was a therapist. 400 years of bondage. And God says, I'll send a therapist in the same form that I'll send my son. They're not looking for degrees, church. They're not, they're not wanting to hear how good we have it and how, what good car we drive and what good a house we have and how perfect we are. They're waiting for someone to come as Moses did and be committed to help, committed to hear, and committed to stand. It says Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a therapist. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later in Jesus, now in you. But Christ as the son is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house, and we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Jesus Christ. How many of you know Christ is still active in the world? Amen. Now look at this. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. Jesus called the 12 of his followers and sent them to ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out the evil spirits. And listen to this. And to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Uh-oh. Touch the untouchables. Touch the untouchables. Be touchable with the untouchables. I would, you would never see me talking to that type of person. Jesus says, I better see you talking to that type of person. You'd never see me inviting someone like that into my house. Jesus says, I better see you inviting someone like that into your house. Oh, the church looks different. Jesus says, the church better look different. Touch the untouchables for me. Kick out the devils for me. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Can I hear an amen? It goes on. Jesus gave them authority and power to cure diseases. It just, it goes on and on and on. I love it. It says here that they went around Jerusalem. It says crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, Acts chapter 5, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were healed. Let me ask you right quick. How many of y'all are not from Pineville? How many of you do not live in Pineville? Raise your hand. You do not live in the city limits of Pineville. Okay, we forgive you. No, listen. Get ready for a widespread revival. And it's not going to be because of something awesome behind the pulpit. It's going to be that the church is touching the untouchables. And that his people are moving where they're moving. 
Sister uh, 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 Evie, Sister Evie, she lives in a, pro, in, in a housing area for the elderly. She cooks good. The older people smell her smell, and they come knocking on the door to talk, and they go, what are you cooking? Well, she started a Bible study in her house. She got them through their noses and through their stomach. And now she's teaching them the word. And what she is doing is as just important, if not more, of what I or anyone else is doing. It's about reaching people and bringing therapy to their lives. Amen? I'll finish with this. And Philip went down to the city. Philip was just a deacon. He was waiting on old people, giving them food, just giving them food. And he went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame and healed. Here was just a regular man. And that word healed is the word therapy. He went down there thinking he was just a deacon to go ahead and give food to the poor. And he was a therapist that God used to bring a revival to the whole region. You may think you're just a cashier. You may think that you're just a lawn man. You may think that you're just a husband or a wife. You may think that you are just a coach, but you are there to bring therapy. You're the manifestation of Jesus Christ as a healer and a provider for the needs of people. Amen. Let's bow our heads, and I want to pray. If you're here this morning, and the most important thing, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, don't leave here without having an encounter with him. You heard the word this morning. It's not about that you walked down the aisle and you shook the preacher's hand and you got saved. It's more deeper than that. I want to encourage you today to take Jesus into covenant relationship, to have and to hold and allow him to have and to hold you for the rest of your life. I pray that you have an understanding today that is much more than just belonging to a church or having had been baptized in water. He wants to live in your heart. He wants to save you, minister to you, and to help you. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're here this morning and you're hurting, something was tugging at your heart, you was hearing Him speak to you about, give your life to me. Let me have it. Let me be Lord over your life. Let's start again. Maybe you've left him. And he's saying, no, I'll take you back. Let's start again. If that's you and you're here this morning, you know you need to get your life right with God. Would you please raise your hand right there where you are? Just raise your hand. Say, I need to get my life right with God. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. I see that hand. I need to give my life right back with God. I don't desire to leave here like I came in here. That's you. Just raise your hand. I need a change. I need a change. I need a change. I need a change. Change me, Lord Jesus. If that's you, would you come and stand up here, please? There were those who raised their hand, but there are more. I see the Holy Spirit ministering to you right now. You, you know you need to come and get, have a change, a transformation in your life. Would you come? Would you please come and rededicate your life? Would you come and give your life over to Jesus right now? Those were, those, there were three that raised their hands, but I know there's more. Would you come? Come. Come and rededicate your life this morning. Come. 
and give it to Jesus. Come and give it to Jesus. Come, come, come. God bless you, sis. Be the first to step out. God bless you. There, there's, uh, there's more. There's more that raise their hand. Please don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Just come. There's more. There's more that needs to be up here. There's more that you know you need to be up here right now to surrender. He's worth it all. He's worth it all. He's worth it all. He's worth it all. Praise you, Jesus. Now, as they're here and we're getting ready to pray the prayer of salvation, we'll give you time to come. I'm going to ask Brother Mike and a few others if you would come stand right here, Brother Mike, and face the crowd and a few more prayer warriors. I want some other intercessors, some servants to come and stand right here. Anybody who wants to come and come stand right here with Brother Mike. And those who you say, Pastor, I am here and I'm one of those that I feel like I need therapy. I need something in my life to be done. I want you to come and form a line in front of the mic and be prayed for. Come and stand in front of Brother Mike. Anybody here, you say, I'm here today and I'm hurting and I am in need. I am ready for a change in my life. I just want you to come. Renee, would you come please and help too? Would some others come uh, and just come and stand up here and pray? I, I need a man of God to come and pray right here. I need a man of God to stand. Anyone else, you're here today. Come on, we're having two lines right here. You're here today, you say, I have a need in my life. God bless you. Yes, they're coming up here. I have a need in my life. I need... I need something deep down into my soul and my heart. I need, oh, I need healing. I need them lay hands on me that my emotions be healed. Come, come. I need areas of my emotions. I need healing. I need forgiveness for things in my life. I need to forgive myself for things in my life. I need to be free from the bad effects of the lifestyle that I lived. There may be a young person here tonight. You may be into cutting yourself. I ask you to close your eyes and bow your head at this important moment. There may be a young person here right now. You're into cutting yourself. Something just makes you just hate yourself. I, I want you to come up here right now and allow others to come and pray for you, minister to you at this moment. Anyone at all. You may hate yourself. You might have even said this week, I wish I was dead. I wish something would just happen to take my life. Maybe that's you. Would you come up here? Come and allow these emotions to be healed. Don't leave here fighting them anymore. Come, 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 come and receive recovery. Come and allow the Holy Spirit just to bring you through a time of, of therapy. He knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Just allow Him right now. There's healing, there's healing, there's healing, there's provision for your need, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Come and receive it, 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 come and receive it. He loves you, daughter, he calls you daughter. He calls you daughter. He calls you daughter. Just pray this prayer with me out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Inside and out. By the power of your blood. 
Forgive me for the life that I have lived. And I invite you, Jesus, into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. And I give you praise that I am born again, that I am yours, spirit, mind, and body. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Jesus. Let's give the Lord praise as He continues to minister. Lord, break our hard hearts. Lord, destroy our shallow lives. Lord, we don't desire to be shallow. Lord, we're not called to be oarsmen walking around with our oars. We're called to be rowing together. Let the Zoe life and the oil flow as it did down Aaron's beard. Let us come together the purpose of serving you in every way. Lord, bless this church and use us for your glory. Use us to minister to love and to bring healing to all who are oppressed. May we be the manifestation of you. As you said in your word, the works that you did, we shall, shall do also and be greater. And one of those works is the word thereupon, to be therapist to the hurt and the needy. Anoint everyone here now with ears to hear and a compassionate heart and the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge to be able to minister to those in need. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm a therapist. You're a therapist. Are you a servant? You're a therapist. The office is open. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to be here at 6 o'clock. Brother Jake, go ahead and dismiss us. Father, we just love you. We thank you for this word.